This is a podcast from Minute Media. And let's get it. This is the Back Row Bengals Sports Podcast. I am your host, Josh Miller. Thank you so much for joining in. I am so sorry for being a couple minutes late. I was on it with a, another show earlier today, and it went a lot longer than I thought it was going to. But I am here now. I am sweltering. It is so hot in my house right now. Uh, something's wrong with our AC, and it's really not good. So you can see my face is burning red. Uh, my fire alarm actually went off three times during that radio segment. And once I uh, once once I find out where I can find that radio segment, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and tweet it out to you guys. We got a lot of content uh, coming up. I just want to talk about that real quick. Uh, we have a new blog coming out tomorrow at 9 a.m. talking about basically uh, what Jamar about Jamar Chase and, and what his performance was. Uh, against the Steelers and, and how good he was without the ball in his hand. So definitely give that a watch. We're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about that tonight. Thank you all so much for watching. How sweet it is! An absolute ass whooping against the Steelers. Absolutely dominating fashion. The Bengals win forty-one to ten. My goodness! You want to talk about? dominating your AFC North rivals. You want to talk about sending a message. You want to talk about basically putting your flag in the ground and saying, this is who we are, and this is what you're going to have to deal with for the foreseeable future. The Bengals did all of that. And that was one of the most enjoyable, fun, most trash talk I've ever thrown at a game in probably my entire years of Bengaldom. We have seen Pittsburgh come in and absolutely own us. And now that tide has changed. Three in a row against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Forget, forget you know, the previous record of, of the past two decades of the Bengals versus the Steelers. When was the last time a, a team actually did that to the Steelers? Three in a row. Three in a row. It's been a long time since the Bengals did that. Three in a row. And then first time they've swept them. Since 2009, I believe 89 was the last time the Bengals have won three straight games in a row against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the last two have just been in dominating fashion. And well, coming off of the game against the Raiders, we kind of had a conversation of, okay, so they, they were able to do it away. They were able to do it on the road to a, a Raiders team. We went to Dallas. I'll play Dallas and beat them. The Bengals were able to do basically embarrass them at home. And then to come home, and a big question that I had is, can they do this at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Now, playing in Paul Brown Stadium against the Steelers has not been great for the Bengals. I've honestly thought that we played better in Heinz Field. Um, but walking into the game, I, I started to notice something. And, and something that I haven't noticed in a long time in this rivalry there were not that many Steelers fans as I thought there was going to be. There were a lot for Green Bay, a lot for Minnesota. There's not that many for uh, Pittsburgh. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, they maybe have 10,000 fans here. But this is nothing to what it usually is. Usually there's yellow towns all over the place. But I think they knew. I think a lot of those fans deep down inside knew. This is the changing of the guard. This is it. This is the turning point. This is the team. This is the culture. This is the quarterback that's going to dominate Pittsburgh for the next 10 years. This is it. So you know all those times that 
Ben Roethlisberger has come in and, and absolutely embarrassed this franchise, or, or the Steelers done that and basically bullied the Bengals outside, and, and they basically took him out to the woodshed. The Bengals have now done that to Pittsburgh twice, and they've beat him three times in a row. And go back to the first time we played Pittsburgh, and I want to talk about what Tyler Boyd said. Tyler Boyd mentioned in his post-game press conference, the Bengals made the Steelers quit, and they did. They did quit. So then, fast forward here. I'm talking with my dad, who who has been watching the Bengals for a long time. So he he knows his rivalry like the back of his hand. Uh, he he was he was there during both Super Bowl runs. And I talked to him, and and, I, and he said he's really worried that Tyler Boyd saying that may have sparked something in the Steelers. It didn't. The Bengals went out there, and, and not only did they dominate, they did something that I believe this win could be be you know basically described as the Bengals took care of business that's it they took care of business they took care of pittsburgh they were supposed to beat them the Bengals have a better roster they have a better coaching staff right now they have a better culture in the locker room pittsburgh's going the way wrong way and i know i'm talking a lot about the rivalry here we'll get into the game a little bit later but just as a Bengals fan i, I think there's something that we need to uh talk about we need to consider the steals are going the way wrong way I mean, they're, they're, they're starting to fall apart, and it really did. It started with the diva stuff with Antonio Brown. I know he's, he hasn't been there in a long time, but then it continued on with Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, and they went on that losing streak at the end of uh, their last playoff run where they got beat the first round to the Cleveland Browns. And then since then, it's just been downhill. The culture's not there. And I, I was listening to um, – I forget who it is. His name, but uh, he's on the he's on first take with Stephen A. Ah, shoot, I forget his name because Stephen A. is talking the whole time. But anyway, he he says that these guys from Pittsburgh are riding on the legends of, of the past and, and what they used to do, and they think they can just you know show up and play. And that is one hundred percent correct. That's exactly what this is. They think that they just because they're on the seals that they are you know they're hot s you know you can fill in the word later. I can't do that anymore, sadly. Uh, but they don't. They're not anymore. And that's it. And this is this is the Bengals team that beat them in the submission. Beat them. And handily. Handily. You don't I, I you don't have a fluke win when you're running the ball for 165 yards and two touchdowns. That's not a fluke. That's an ass whooping. The Bengals dominated at the at the point of attack. Dominated. They rallied to the ball. They played with energy, confidence, nastiness, something that this defense has brought to Cincinnati since day one this year. A nastiness that we haven't seen in a very long time. They play between the whistles. They stick up for each other. When T.J. Watt was blocking Joe Burrow and shoving him into the ground, listen, you, you, a lot of people have different thoughts on that specific uh, moment excuse me, in the game, and I can understand both sides, actually. So I'm pretty much down in the middle. But this defense, this this offensive line was not going to stand for it. You're not going to do that to our quarterback. We're not going to let you do this. This is our house. You're going to take your ass whooping. You're going to take yourself back to Pittsburgh. That's exactly what's going to happen. And the Bengals did exactly that. Let's get into the game. Joe Mixon, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Domination. Absolute domination. 
Joe Mixon is starting to pick up his stride. This is a, a lot of us had quite, including me. It, it was more than warranted to have questions about can Joe Mixon live up to the contract that we gave him? Because it's a pretty lofty contract. He's doing pretty well. He's doing pretty good. It's a hell of a start to this contract. He's showing up. He's showing up. He's he's working hard. You you hear him. You feel his energy that he brings in the locker room that has reverberated throughout all of Cincinnati. He he is all about this offensive line, and you you hear the humble and the humility in his voice, and you hear he knows where this Bengals team used to be and where they are now, and where he is now, and why he's there. To give so many props to the offensive line, it, 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 it's so great to hear because it really is true. It really is honestly because Joe Mixon doesn't work if the offensive line doesn't work. Obviously, nothing works if the offensive line doesn't work, but it also doesn't work if. The receivers aren't working or playing as hard as they can or, or playing to, to the level that they are. They're playing at a ridiculous level. So that way, everybody is working together and they're at the, this level that is getting to the point of unstoppable. You can't just take away Jamar Chase. And that's what the Steelers tried to do. And that's what the Steelers thought they could do. They tried to take away Jamar Chase, open up the rest of the field, allow Joe Mixon to just run straight downhill, run through guys, hard hitting. And we're seeing that Joe Mixon, not that breakaway speed, Joe, but we're seeing that ground and pound type of runs that get it done in the AFC North. And it's exactly what you need in the AFC North. We've all watched AFC North football for our entire lives. Joe Mixon is that back. He's that guy. He can run. He can run those type of runs. He can put the pedal to the metal, and he can take contact, get back up, do it again, do it again, and again, and again. And we're seeing that's two games in a row. We've been able to put the ball in Joe Mixon's hands and said, "You're going to win us this game," and he did. Let's go to the other parts parts of the offense again. I am over the moon, over the moon that two weeks in a row T. Higgins has had himself a hell of a game. I want to go back to that T. Higgins touchdown. And I think it means more than just seven points. You saw it. I mean, it was single coverage right away. And immediately, Joe said, we're going right to him. That's it. We're going right to him. And, and, and you saw it. it was almost like, uh, I think it's Jason Pierre. I know it's Pierre something, it's something Pierre at the end. It was almost like that quarterback, that cornerback, wasn't even there. It was just pitch and catch. It really was. T. Higgins is that big of a dude. That's how strong that guy is. That's how that's how much Joe Burrow trusts him. One on one, and the covers was pretty good until the ball got there, and T. Higgins just went up and got it. It's like that's mine. That's it. Go be that ball. Shades of AJ Green. Shades of Ojo Cinco. It's almost like a combination of the two, and then also you throw in just adds and then add some muscle on top of that. Insane, insane. It, it, it's just now teams see that the Bengals' offense is basically like pick one to stop, and then that's it. We're gonna we're gonna go everywhere else until you decide to let up on that and go over there, and then we'll go back. And it's just back and forth. And then at this point, it's like, how are you gonna? How are you going to stop them? How? The only way that this this offense is stopped. Is if this offensive line finds a way to completely crash towards the last back half of the season, 
And my gosh, let's talk about how great the offensive line was. Insane. The push that they got. Bullying the Pittsburgh defensive line. That's a good defensive line. As TJ Watt. Bullied him. Bullied him. And it's, it's, it's been absolutely... It's been absolutely incredible to see because you see progression in the offensive line. They weren't all the way there in the first week. They weren't all the way there in week five. But damn, are they close in this week. They're really gelling. This team is really getting together. It's awesome to see. And it's absolutely incredible. It's got me fired up. Absolutely insane. So let's go to the last part the offense let's go to joey b joey b 20 for 24 one touchdown on one touchdown through the air one on the ground back at it man back to work basically and joe burrow is our franchise quarterback but he's able to run the offense on the ground too in terms of he's able to set up the run and he's able to pull the fakes off, he's able to run the offense, he's able, able to make the audibles and get it to mix in. Consistently. Pretty damn good. And then, when it's time to throw the ball, he puts it right on the money. Russ Blackthorne has always joined me. He says, Burrow worries me. Despite the win, he still had an INT. I don't think he's gone back-to-back games all year without turnovers. That could easily cost us the whole season in the playoffs. It's a very very astute observation, and that's a, that's a legitimate worry. And that's something that I would agree I'm worried about. I don't believe he had a pick in the Raiders game. Um, but that being said, you're right. He does need to get better on the, on the picks. He does need to get better on the turnovers. How do you do that? Give a better run game. That's exactly what the Bengals did. They went to their run game. Once they did that, again, 165 yards and two touchdowns. That's going to get it done in the NFL. Absolutely incredible. Whooped the Steelers. Whooped them. And then also on top of that, I want to mention one more thing about Joe Burrow. He is his first touchdown, juking out Minka Fitzpatrick, diving into the end zone, right on his knee where he had the ACL tear. Doesn't look like it's bothering him anymore. That playmaking is phenomenal. His playmaking—it's his playmaking. His turnovers absolutely need to get better. It's always been for preferred prefer. My microphone completely shut off. I'm having—I'm having so many technical difficulties today. It, it's been insane. So if I sound a little bit different, I apologize for that. Um, we're gonna try to keep the show low, and let me make sure. Yeah, my microphone is completely off. Well, shoot. I'm so sorry about this, guys. I'm going to try to cut this out. We'll put an ad right here. Okay, sorry about that, guys. Um, I, again, just having a ridiculous um, technical difficulties. Uh, but anyway, so that being said, it's it's Joe Burrow, once he, once he figures that turnover battle out and he can keep the ball in our hands, we're going to win a lot of games. We're going to win a lot of games. We already have won a lot of games. Seven and four. Seven and four. That's a great record right there. We got to keep punching. We keep moving. We're a game behind Baltimore, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Baltimore dam is about to break. You've seen them the past three games. They've won. This team can 
the Baltimore team cannot keep playing like that. Lamar gave four interceptions to the Cleveland, and they couldn't get anything with. There's nothing that Baltimore does that, that scares me. Lamar doesn't scare me. Nothing. Absolutely not. So anyway, but let's stay on this game here. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Again, you, just nothing you can say about I mean, they, they kept they kept Pittsburgh out of the end zone the entire game. That's all said. I mean, they scored on our second or third string. Whoopie whoop. Well done, Pittsburgh. You didn't quit. You put a you put a six on the board. Yeah. Well done. This defense came out there ready to roll. And roll they did. Got pressure on Big Ben. Forced them to to throw bad balls. When and when he did throw bad balls, made him pay. Mike Hilton could not be happier for the guy. Gets his first pick six of his career, and who else better to do it on? I don't know how the Steelers. This is that's almost like a Bengals a Bengals thing. Honestly, how did the Steelers look at Mike Hilton and said, "You're expendable. We don't need you." Wow. Because we'll take him. We'll take him. He's been great all year. Again, pick six. Incredible. Eli Apple, another guy I want to talk to we'll talk to you guys about. I think, and I mentioned it earlier on the radio show, I was on a little bit earlier today. We've got to lower our expectations when it comes to Eli Apple. Think about this. Eli Apple's not supposed to be in that position. That's supposed to be Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes can't even get on the field. He can barely get on the practice field, even if that at that. So Eli Apple as a second string cornerback, because that's really who he was. He was definitely drafted way too high by the Giants. We all know why, because that's freaking Ohio State moniker. But and too bad they got their ass handed to him by Michigan. Anyway, I'll keep moving. But anyway, but Eli Apple has been taking a lot of criticism. It's been fair. It's been fair. But back-to-back weeks, he's had game-changing interceptions. He's played fairly decent. He's been able to hold his own against really good receivers, and I could not be happier for the guy. Uh, I mean, he has faced a lot of criticism, but he's come back every time fighting, and it seems like that the team has really rallied around Eli Apple, and it helped him out. And it looks like the way that Eli Apple's playing, it looks like he's spending more time on the field. He's spending more time in the film room. He's spending more time focusing on the game, and it's definitely paid out. It's paid off. Game-changing interceptions. And, it, again, could not get it for the guy. And then you go to the defensive line. My God, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, they're just beast. Beast. I am so happy that those guys are on our team. I couldn't imagine going against them. I couldn't imagine it. Absolutely insane. And, and, and just... Big, Big Ben had, had zero time. It, again, it goes to that bully ball, man. The Bengals played bully ball with the Steelers and whooped their ass. Let's go to Zach Taylor. Great, great game. Great, great play call. Immediately um, you know, started out hot, finished hot. That's what we needed. Brandon, if we were able to get Brandon Allen minutes in the game. That's, in, that's, that's ridiculous. Absolutely incredible. And, you know, just it, it's the changing of the guard. It was beautiful to see that this Bengals team is, is, you can tell, is going to whoop the Steelers' ass for quite a while. This is our division. 
I believe the Bengals are the best team in the AFC North, hands down. I think Cleveland can't stay healthy. I think the same thing about the Ravens. I think the Ravens' offense and defense, damn, is about to break, and you've already swept Pittsburgh. <coughs> Your next game against Baltimore is going to be at home. And then you get the revenge game against Cleveland, who have already lost Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Absolutely incredible. Then on top of that, Money McPherson, making 350-yard field goals. That's insane. Hey, he's such a weapon. When we drafted him. I know that a lot of Bengals fans weren't exactly that high on drafting uh, a kicker. But, man, it's really, really paying off. To have this guy because I, and I think the Bengals have seen the Steelers have Chris Boswell and the Ravens have Justin Tucker and realize that we have been getting beat on kicking game. And I still remember specifically there was one time where the Steelers never even touched the end zone but still beat because Chris Boswell made so many field goals and they went out there and they got kicker of their own so we can basically you know get pretty much the 40. That's that's a hell of a weapon to have. Um, a, a couple couple notes of, of what the Bengals need to do better. Um, when the Bengals get a turnover or they have great field position, they cannot squander it. After the Eli Apple interception, they have got to punch that in. They were at, I believe, the five. You got to punch that in. You got to. Then, next after that, you I don't understand how we can make one yard look so difficult. We do. We make one yard look so freaking hard. It's insane. I don't know why. I don't know why for us to get in yard. But we find it hard. So we got to find a way to step up, make those third down conversions, keep the defense off the field. Um. For the notes on the game, yeah, there's nothing much else to say. This is it. And uh, I really have more. I gotta, I've got a lot um, coming out tomorrow that I wrote and about Jamar Chase's performance. I want to say that I want you guys tomorrow. It's coming out at 9 a.m. I want you guys to take a look at it. It's about Jamar Chase had a bigger impact on this game than what we thought. And that's where I'm going to leave that. So tomorrow. We are back at I'm going to be back at it with Strawberry Ice at 5.30. Then at 7 o'clock, it is the college football ranking show. We're going to be breaking it down where the Bearcats are and how their ranking uh, plays out and what needs to happen in order for them to get into the playoffs and then what's going to happen from there. Then we're back at it again on Thursday with Back Row Bengals, and uh, I believe I'm going to try to get a, uh, a guess for that. But uh, that being said, Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Bengals show. I'm so sorry that we've had technical difficulties all around. It's been kind of a short show, but there's just a lot going on, a lot of content coming out, and there's a lot more coming your guys' way. So thank you all so much. Thank you, Russ, for uh, being engaged in uh, t- texting this entire time and uh, commenting. And I really appreciate it. So go read that on fansided.com. Go over to Stripe Hype. Go over to the Back Row Bengals uh, articles. It'll be out tomorrow. Uh, at 9 a.m. So please give that a read and uh, keep going. So I really appreciate it. Thank you all so much. And uh, who day? Let's go beat the Chargers. I appreciate it, Russ. Have a good one. Peace.